All right, right cool. so here's the first thought I have about some of the changes in the bad sense about what's happening in MMA. Obviously, the technical level overall is better than it has been, but I feel like in terms of styles and advantages, a lot there's like this homogenization of styles. Like everyone's sort of becoming relatively closer to the same guy. Now, I understand at the elite level that's not exactly the case, but is there something to be said for the fact that um, rather than... We, we always thought the future of MMA was everyone get, getting better. And I wonder if the future of MMA is also everyone becoming the same. You know, and that's what happened. Everybody can become the same because in the future of MMA, you just see boys and girls or whatever started with MMA base. Instead, it, you, you, you know what I'm saying? Instead of people, seeing people come from a world-class wrestling background or a world-class taekwondo or world-class jiu-jitsu or judo background, you're going to see more people come from like just pure MMA. So they're going to be average in every position. Maybe a little stronger than some others, but they're going to be average in every position. Um, now, the reason why you see um, everybody trying to be the same, partly, or not be the same, but fight the same, partly because in bigger organizations, you have to fight at the night bonus. So people can go out there and win with smarts and with a good game plan, but a lot of people just go out there to win the, the, like a knockout bonus or a performance bonus, you know what I'm saying, in other organizations. You feel what I'm saying? So the chance, the chance of you seeing something like technical might go out the window because they're, tr- they're focused on winning a $50,000 bonus or $10,000 bonus or some type of bonus or something like that. So, in other words... Partly the reason why there's this homogenization is just it's natural that people would get better at a lot of different things, but also you think that there are economic influences at play. Both, yeah. Uh, three things. Um, everyone's like, everyone's like, you know, homogenization because everybody has an MMA base. Two, you're going to see less and less people come from a world-class background. And when you do see them, it's rare. Like you saw Ronda, you saw Daniel Cormier, you saw me, you saw um, uh, Leo Romero, You'll see guys come in, you know what I'm saying? MVP, you know, um, Satoshi Ishii, you'll see guys pop in, but that's, they're coming in on the tail of the career. Now you're seeing guys like Cejudo coming in in his 20s, but, you know, um, you'll see Vasily Makov. It, it, it's just, it's just um, by the time people come in, established in their craft, they'll be a little older, but they'll be able to come in and do something different that people aren't used to seeing. Um, as far as the economic thing, yeah, you'll see guys out there that can probably, they probably have great takedowns, probably have good hands, probably have great kickboxing, but they want to entertain because now MMA is become entertainment. So it's not really about going out there and winning because that's the case. Ben Askren would be the man. You know what I'm saying? Ben Askren is a world-class wrestler, but people think he's boring. I think he's great because he's undefeated. I like watching him. I watch the fight because I can learn from him, but people don't want to see that. People want to see guys going out there swinging for the fences with no defense. People want to see our offense, no defense. And that's what sells. So let's talk about some of the specifics here. Uh, let's start with wrestling, your base. Um, it appears to me that, like, and obviously we can think of a lot of notable exceptions. Okay, fair enough. But as a rule, I feel like the takedowns you see in MMA, much like the homogenization we spoke about before, they're becoming a lot less diverse. Now, the guys who can do a lot of different takedowns, like Habib Nurmagomedov, he has a clear advantage. But if I'm just looking across the game, I'm not saying they're becoming necessarily less effective because, again, wrestling is better. You're just not seeing a lot of variety. Do you, do you agree with that characterization? Well, well the thing is, is, there are not too many takeouts out there. You have your throws, you have your single leg, double leg, high crotch, inside trips. You know, it's just a few takedowns. But the thing is, when punches come, the condition comes, and everybody's training 
takedown defense or takedowns, well, now it becomes down to being basic. Single leg, double leg, high crotch, and maybe a few throws here and there. Foot sweep. But it's going to be harder because, you know, everybody trains wrestling now. Back in the day, you saw nice stuff because no one knew what it was. So no one knew the defense and stuff. So you remember, don't... I remember, I remember, back, I remember like years ago, you saw in a lot of inside trips. Now you see them less and less because people train it. If you train something, a lot of times you learn to counter to it. Hmm, interesting. Uh, okay, so so how do you explain someone like Nurmagomedov? Is he just that he learned a bunch of different things early on, and so it's more natural? Is that the idea? Well, he comes from a world-class background as well, Sambo. You know, and his dad was a great wrestler. I'm, Khabib comes from Dagestan. I've been in Dagestan many times. There is a fight area. Kickboxing, boxing, jiu-jitsu, grappling, or Sambo, um, wrestling, freestyling, Greco. So Khabib... He's a he's well versed. He has a good he has a good single leg, good double leg, and his upper body upper body over and under clinch that that's way head and shoulders above anybody else in that weight class. So yeah, you know what I'm saying like you'll see throws from him, you'll see double legs. But if you think about it, you're not seeing a wide wide variety. You're seeing him just do different setups to get to that position. Interesting. So how does someone get ahead then? If we're if we're agreeing that there is some level of homogenization. Won't there be some kind of market correction down the line where someone says, okay, everyone's doing the same stuff, we really have to go differently, or is that, is that just too hard to do? It's not too hard to do. The best way to do it is like, you know what, like, for instance, you want to become a better boxer? Take your ass to a boxing gym. You want to be a better kickboxer? Go to Holland or Thailand. You want to be a better wrestler? Shit, go to the U.S. Tra- training center, go to, to Oklahoma State, Central Oklahoma, go to college and train there. Go to Dagestan if you can. Go to Ukraine. Go 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 to Cuba, wrestle the Cubans. Go if you can go to Iran, go to Iran. There are a lot of places you can go. You know what I'm saying? But you have to get with the right people and be and do specialized training. You, know, you want to be a better grappler? You want to be better jujitsu? Put a gi on, or you know, or you want to do, or you want to do better no gi? Then go train with Tom DeBlas. He's doing a great job of going to do with the the Donahue. You know what I'm saying? He has the um that one uh, the Death Squad. Those guys. You know. You want to be, be good to gig with Laborio, go to Trent Verdum, go train with Hamo Borjal, you know, Keenan Cornelius, there's a bunch of guys out there, Dean Lister. It's just, if, you, if you want to get better in a certain area, you have to go and jump head first into that area. Let's talk about the, the wall, the cage as a wall. Like on the one mm-hmm. hand, again, we can all agree that there's a general level of improvement, but I also feel like we've kind of reached like the peak ability to use the wall. You've got Anthony Pettis jumping off of it. You've got guys pressing each other into it for takedowns. You've got other guys who don't necessarily press you into it, but back you up against it to get you to make bad reactions. Have we reached the end of creativity with what the wall can really do for a fighter? Well, it's not about creativity. It's about being smart and effective. Because if you can go out there and, and think about this, think about, so think about this, showtime to that kick, right? How many times do you realistically land that kick? And people see that once, they're like, okay, well, if he gets close to the cage, well, I'm expecting people aren't stupid. They'll be like, okay, check. If I'm circling the cage, I have to circle my hands up because you can't do a, a spinning kick off the cage, you know, or some type of knee. Or, you know, if his back's in the cage, just try to do a Superman punch off the cage using his foot. You know what I'm saying? Like, so people aren't stupid. You know what I'm saying? Like, people are watching film, which makes things harder. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, it makes things more basic, and um, they're making adjustments. Do you feel like film watching is something that happens more now than it used to? Uh, yes and no. We get, we get guys that watch film. I, I watch film, but not. I, I watch more tendencies. I have a guy named Kiss. I'm Kevin Quatch out there in California. My boy, you know, 
White Bug, aka Gary Clark. I got Steve Mako. I watch film with a lot of people, but first and foremost, I go over tendencies. I'll tell, I'll hit my boy Kess up, like Kess, send me videos of him hitting a jab, send me videos of him throwing a cross, send me videos of him getting taken down, send me clips of him shooting, send me clips of him kicking. I saw so just watching him. I'm like, hey, send me clips of him moving left and right. You know, I just, I just do that. And I watch it because sometimes when I'm watching fights, I watch everything. I watch the opponent. I watch, you know, say I watch my opponent. I watch everything. And I'm like, I'm, you know, so it's just too much where I try to break it down in little, little clips. Like my, you know, Roddy Ferguson told me that. He's like, Mo, I watch every fight in 10 to 20, in 20 10 to 20 sacred increments. And I was like, okay. Cause he's like, Mo, cause you know, it's easy for me to do that. Cause you know, if, Every every fighter has the same tendencies from the beginning and the end of of each of each fight of each round. So he's like, you can see you can know certain tendencies when you break it down that way. Where if you watch it all, you tend to forget certain things. So one of the other things that's sort of crossed my mind is uh, the use of pre-fight strategy. I think a lot of times you used to hear guys being like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'll just figure it out in there. And there is still some of that. And so, again, I think there's a general level of improvement in strategy. But, again, per the terms of this conversation, it feels it all, it's also like really conventional strategy. Like, I can't remember the last time I heard a strategy from a guy that was novel or unique or really outside the box. Again, a couple of examples here or there. Do you feel like... like give me an example of a strategy outside the box. Well, it's it's combined with his tactics, but someone like Dominic Cruz, right? I mean, he, mm-hmm. it, you have to do what Dominic Cruz does to make that kind of strategy work. But most of the time, I feel like it's just as the skill set becomes better but narrower, so is the strategy better but really narrow. Well, because it, it's like this, right? <clears throat> Everybody's strategy, for the most part, is keep the fight, keep your fight in your strengths, and keep. The fight in their weaknesses. If you think about it, that's that's the basic strategy for every fighter. You know what I'm saying? And then test their conditioning and do a little few minor things here. Put your jab. Don't click your jab. Don't be lazy. Like it's like it's just like technical stuff. Um, but but, but when, you, when you think about it, like no one no one has like no one's like you know like for instance, Sam's gonna fight Damian Maya. I wouldn't be mad. I, you know, Damian Maya's like, okay, Mo's going to try, try to wrestle me, but I got jiu-jitsu. But his, what, the best way Mo can beat me is like through striking, just for, hypothetically. Now, it would be, you know, without, without, would I be smart to go in there and take Damian Maya down? No, but no. that would be a bad strategy. That's, uh, here's what no, I mean. no, 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 no. I, I know, I know, but I'm so, so saying, my thing is keep the, keep the fight and the strength. Do the jab, like, you know, keep them guessing, keep them off balance. You know what I'm saying? Because I can't be like, oh, Damian Maya, oh, you, know, you want you want to put a good fight there, strike with me. Why don't you bang with me? And then Mike's like, well, fuck, why don't you just grapple with me? You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, it's it's all about keeping fights in your strengths. It's not, it's like, whenever you see Dominic Cruz, be like, you know what, fuck that. I'm going to walk this person down behind the high guard. Right. No, never. No, never, never. Because the motion helps them. But, okay, here's my question. When was the last time you recall seeing a game plan that was, A, successful, like it worked, and B, uh, shocked you or surprised you or like, huh, I didn't think that was that, that was an interesting approach to this. Because what you're talking about generally makes sense. Put the fight where you're strong, put the fight where they're weak. But certainly... Never. never, never cause the thing is, I never thought that it makes sense because I watch fights all the time. Like, um, for instance, like let's say, like, for, for me, it's Robbie Lawler versus Johnny Hendricks. Great, both great fighters. 
The first time they fought, I, I was like, man, I was like, you know what? Throw the body. When you throw the jab, follow the jab, follow the jab with a straight left. Stuff like that. You know, go to his body as much as possible because that will, in, in later rounds, that will help you. You know what I'm saying? That, there's a basic game plan. You know what I'm saying? So if you, if you watch that fight, Robbie was digging in his body for the first three rounds. Everything was the body. And then when, when Jai threw a jab, he followed up the straight left, right hook, or, you know what I'm saying, body kick. You know what I'm saying? But it's like, the, the main thing is like, we have, we, we think, the thing about game plans is to exploit their weaknesses and keep them in your strengths. That's always the game plan. Like, you, you know, you could be like, you know, if you see somebody like, you know, say, I, say I'm fighting you and you throw, you throw left hook, right hook, left hook, right hook. It's your combo. Well, I'll be like, okay, I'm going to circle to my right so I can block his fucking left hook and his right, right hook will never land. So I can be like, I'm going to pick one side and make him a one-armed fighter. Just sit, but, it's, but that's basic tactics. That's basic tactics, you know what I'm saying, and techniques. You know what I'm saying? It's basic. If you, if, you, if, you understand, if you understand the fight game, you can come up with a game plan off of just like, just bare, without even knowing your opponent, you can come up with general game plans. Now, the only way it gets different is when, if, there's a, if, your, if your opponent has a gimmick move. If they have a gimmick move, then you have to, you have to make some adjustments. Like, say you have a good guillotine. I'm like, okay, good guillotine. So, double leg high crotch? No. But I'll shoot single legs. I'll shoot headed single legs and maybe knee picks. So to keep to keep myself from being guillotined. You feel what I'm saying? Yep, that makes sense. That makes sense. So in other words, your general argument is that um, creativity is at the elite level is not necessarily what's required to su- succeed. In fact, simplicity is probably better. Simplicity, because the thing is, creativity comes off the game plan. It comes off the setups. Like you watch Canelo, you watch Canelo box. Canelo has creative combos because he runs numbers. So he'll be like jab, left hook. Jab, left hook. You start blocking the left hook, go jab, fake the left hook, left hook to the body, and then do it twice. The next time, you go jab, you know what I'm saying, fake the left hook to the head, come to the body, and go back to the head and fall with the right hand because he, 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 he understands what you're trying to do. He's setting you up. Uh, let's talk about coaching a little bit. Um, in the years since you've been training in MMA, I, I want to ask this. Uh, this could be good or bad, but maybe it's both. How different is the kind and level of coaching that's available to the average, let's say, professional fighter these days? Yeah, uh, it's, it's different because <clears throat> it depends on where you're at. If you're a, a fighter, if you're a fighter that has no team, then your coaching won't be as specialized. That means you have to go, like for instance, like um, like say I'm in California, which you see most of in California. You see guys they'll train at one gym, or they'll have a train, they'll do stand up here, they do jiu-jitsu here, they'll wrestle there. So. They're, like all the coach, and they'll have one coach with them. So that coach, has, that one coach, has to put it all together. But there's no communication between the other coaches. Where if you're at a team, like say you're at Jackson's, or you're at AKA, which is a great place to be. ATT was the top place, TriStar. All the coaches have an idea of what's going on. So they're like, okay, Mo, you know, you know, like first with Hob, Hob, you know, Hob is like, you throw this combo, throw this combo, fall to the kick. The dad like, throw this combo, go for a takedown. You know what I'm saying? Then Leandro like, okay, from, from this takedown. You know, because Leandro's a top-notch jiu-jitsu guy. Let's work this position. Same thing with, a- same thing with ATT. ATT, I-, I can be like, you know, I work my comments with my boy Gary or Jeff or whoever I bring in town. Then out there, I'll work position with uh, Mako or Tammy Barzini. When they have the takedown, I'll, I'll talk to Shoeface, Carlos Apato, or, or um, Leandro, Leandro Vieira. I mean, Leandro, uh, or Rodolfo, Rodolfo Vieira, or, you know, Coach Pahumpa. So I have people to bounce ideas off of, but they're all on the same page. You know what I'm saying? So if you're with a team, all your coaching is on the same page. 
Where if you're bouncing from place to place to place, you better hope your coaches have good communication because a lot of times the coaches ain't on the same page. And then let's throw in, let's throw in strength training. So if you're doing strength training at different places, or your strength coach has no idea what you've done before. They get to imagine. Where at, at, at ATT, a.k.a. You know, Jackson's or other, other gyms that have strength, coach, strength coaches, strength training, the coaches know, like, hey, coach, um, he wrestled hard today and he did a bunch of mitts. So, you know, be careful. Oh, oh coach, he hurt his shoulder today. You know, so I just want to tell you that. So be careful on these lifts, you know. Okay, how about this, though? This is something that's caught my attention. Um, if you look at, let's say, guys are walking out to a corner or walking out to uh, the cage and, and whatever else, I would still say that uh, MMA corners generally are younger, much younger than boxing corners. But what I have noticed is that the, the MMA corners, I don't know how this happened or why it happened, or, or maybe I'm wrong. I feel like they've also gotten a little bit older. I feel like five, six years ago, you would see a lot of guys being cornered by guys their age. I don't think you see as much of that anymore. No, you don't, because a lot, back then, a lot, a lot of guys would just come with their friends, and their friends were going to be fans. They just want to be on TV, maybe, or just whatever. They thought they knew what they were doing. But now, those young guys that you saw in the corners became, got a little older, you know, so it was stress, maybe, and just experience. You know what I'm saying? Cause I'm, and, and, and boxing, you'll see, younger, you'll see dude, guys like Dewey Cooper. They're young for boxing, because, you know, really, in boxing and kickboxing, you know, you know, even jujitsu, you know what I'm saying? You have to put your time in. Where MMA, sometimes you can sell a person a dream and you can be their coach. Do you feel like, I feel like one thing we have is like, okay, so um, I started covering about 10 years ago the sport. A lot of the guys I covered back then are out of the sport. The ones who are still in have transitioned to coaching roles. I got to, for example, I have a call later today with Joey Villasenor, right? When I was covering MMA back 10 years ago, he was a competitor. But I feel like those guys, while not old, they're like they're not Cus D'Amato old. They've graduated into this space, which is why it feels like we at least have our first class, our graduated class of fighters turned coaches. Would you agree with that? Uh, I don't know the first class because like you. Okay, the first uh, class. Okay, okay, the first class. Oh, like, no, 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 no. like that. That that would be your, like uh, like Marco yeah, it'd be, yeah, it'd be, it'd be second second generation, yeah, second generation, second third generation, yeah. Okay. So and and I feel like as the ranks get deeper, that's how the corners are start, partly starting to get older. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, let me see here. Uh, in terms of financials, is coaching more expensive now than it used to be, or basically the same? Uh, probably more more expensive. Depending where you're at, just depending where you're at. Because if you're in California, if you're in a place where you have to go gym to gym, yeah, it can be a little more expensive. Where if you're at one gym, no, it's probably better because you're getting more specialized training in one area, and you're paying one person for one thing. I thought, hold on, time out. I thought you were at ATT. I am. You said out here in California. No, I said if you were out there in California. Ah, okay, okay. Sorry, I misunderstood. Uh, yeah. So, so like these super gyms, these ATTs and so forth, and AKs, and San Jose is expensive. So, like obviously, where you're at, the real estate is going to change the price. Yeah, but... like, like, think about this: if you're at Kings, you can get your wrestling. It's like Kings, they have they have guys that come in for do teach wrestling. You get you get your stand up, you get your sparring, you get your jujitsu, all in one area. So you just paid that one fee. Where some places, like uh, some people, well, like you know, if they're going, for, if they have a, if they have a one coach and they have like other coaches at other gyms. So go this coach, boxing coach, pay him a fee. Kickboxing, pay that kickboxing person a fee. Jiu-jitsu, maybe do some type of trade with him. Strength training, pay them a fee. 
this idea of guys getting together and building these operations in-house to save on costs, you know, I've talked to some fighters, guys who have been UFC champions, who've said, oh, I don't like that method. I like a method where I bring in some guys. I have some good guys around me, but I'll shop in some other ones. And A, all the attention's on me. And B, I have the money to afford that kind of coaching model, which you see, of course, with more elite boxers. Is there any reason to think that that might be more of a model in the future? Or is that entirely dependent on the idea of fighters getting more income? It depends. It depends. Because it's not about fighters getting more income. It's just about fighters being... It's not about the money, all, per se, all the time. It's about the reliability. Because here's the thing, right? Um, if, if, if you're on your own, and you call me, and you're like, Mo, I need you to come in. What makes you think I'm going to say yes? What you know mean, what I'm saying? What no, I don't know what you mean. So say you call me like, Mo, ma'am, can I fly you out to training? I could be like, nah, I'm good. Where if you have the gym, you have bodies already. And then your coaches could be like, coach, I don't got the right look. Can you find me someone? Can you, can you coaches, can you five coaches find somebody for me that I need? You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like for, for instance, like with me, I've got, I, I have coaches that bring in the ATT. I brought boxing coaches in. I got, you know, I bring, I bring in boxers. I bring boxers to ATT. I'm not bringing you to wrestler. You know what I'm saying? Like for the most part, everything I need is ATT, but I might bring, I might need specialized training. So I might bring somebody else in. It just helps everybody else. That person will help me and help other and help everybody else. You know what I'm saying? To a certain extent. Okay. Let's uh, talk about things that are improving if we can a little bit. Um, to what extent are camps getting better at managing the amount of damage a fighter takes? Uh, I can't say it's the, I can't I can't necessarily say it's the camp. I think it's the person. Okay, like, so like, so, so, like, so in other words, like maybe the camps aren't necessarily getting better, or maybe they are, but it's not hard. It's hard to say. But individual fighter management is getting better, right? Well, it's it's, it's, it's not it's not really up to it's up to fighter for one. Like for instance, like think about this. For instance, okay, me and Junior Dos Santos went to big time boxing. I mean, not big time. We went to the Headweight Factory and uh. Hollywood to spar with this boxer, Trevor Bryan, one of the top ranked heavyweight boxers, right? I talked to my coach, 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 Coach Clark, White Bug, B O O G. I was like, hey, man, what should I work on? He's like, all right, Mo, you're fighting Ishii, um, but at the same time, this guy's a, it's not Southpaw, but you do the work. So, okay, a month out, pure Southpaw. But right now, I just want you to run numbers off. So, throw your combos, stick to your jab, faint, work on the inside. That's all I want you to do. Nothing big. Just Fork on the inside. Don't be in middle. Don't be in mid range. Be all the way chest to chest, or be outside. Use your jab and feints. So I was like, all right, cool. So he's like, so regardless of what the other guy did, I was sticking sticking to that game plan. Even if he came out there kicking, I would stick to the same game plan because guess what? I handicapped myself, so I know what I got to do. I'm like, I'm not out there trying to fight. I'm out there trying to improve. Some guys go out there to spar just to win the spar. You know what I'm saying? I go out there. There's times I'll I'll, I'll spar. I'm like, you know what? Okay, let me put my 18s or 20s on. I put 18 or 20 ounce gloves on. I'm like, all right, my goal is to throw 30 punches, 30 jabs around, try to land a few counters, and then try to go to the body and get two takedowns. And that's my goal right there. Nothing different. I won't stray from that goal. You know, so I have goals. I'll handicap myself. Cause I could be like, you know what? I'm going to go out there and knock this dude out. For, for what? How am I improving? Winning sparring don't help me. My thing is I want to apply my game plan for, for my sparring that I'm going to use in my fight. So what I'm wondering is, though, to what extent do you see other fighters starting to make these kinds of realizations? Well, it just depends on, it depends on the camp, you know what I'm saying? Because 
I know I'm doing it. I know I do it. Um, I tell my guys what I do. I'm like, look, man, I'm working. I'm just trying to work with you. Like, I don't try to win sparring. My goal is if for me to win, that means like I got if I really win sparring, that means I followed like you know, even if I got say say I got taken down thirty times, say I got leg kicked, you know, you know, say my like you know, say I got leg kicked a few times, you know, and it hit hard. You know, as long as as long as I did what I had to do with my jab and had was solid so much solid my defense and did did my 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 goals, then I won. Because realistically, my opponent is not going to be the same as the guy I'm sparring. For the most part, for the most part, a lot of guys times the guy I'm sparring is better than my opponent. Um, in terms of areas where you've noticed among your peers, like or just generally industry wide, as you've watched fights, what have been the biggest areas of technical improvement? Shit, all around, everything's improved. It's like this. It's not. It's not the fighters, really. I don't think it's the fighters that that that's really slacking. For the most part, it's kind of the judges, because now the people want to win the fight so bad that they're fighting just to score points because they don't want to get fucked over by the judges. You okay? But you don't fundamentally believe that like footwork is better. That guys are better so, combinations. All around, all around, everything's better. All about every, all about everything's better. Footwork. The, the diversity, like you see guys more well-rounded, everything all around, everything's better. You know what I'm saying? Nothing's gotten weaker. Cardio's gotten better. Game plan's gotten better. Teams have gotten better. Kicks have gotten better. Knees, everything. Everything's gotten better because people are learning. Okay, so but what's the part about the judges? I'm not sure I understand that. Okay, I'm thinking about this, right? Say I'm a good striker, right? And I got great body shots. And I'm like, Maldonado, ripping body shots. But, but you know, as a judge, judges don't really don't score body shots. So I'm like, fuck, man, I'm out, my body, I got fucked over. Last time I, I was letting these body shots and the body guys kicked and I'm letting body shots, but they ain't scoring for me. So you know what? Fuck, you know what? I'm just going to go one twos, one one twos, one twos, one one twos. Just to win, because the judges will see that. You feel what I'm saying? Like, for instance, like judges score block kicks. So if you kick my arm, guess what? It's kind of scored. So you believe that the lack of proper judging has. It hasn't necessarily hurt technical development because guys might have these abilities, but it's hurting what we see in terms of technical yes. development. Yes, yes, it's hurt. Yes, and you see, you see fights that that you know people are like fuck it. I'm gonna go, you know, because like you know, you, you know, the judges like like you know, thing like the judges are so like they they go with trends too. Because I remember back in the day, where takedowns were scored more. And after that, takedowns weren't scored. Now kicks for some reason are scored like you know you you throw a head kick and I block it, it's still kind of scored. Um, Submission attempts still get no burn. It's just, it, so it, it's just, um, I feel like the judge, people score, people fight to please the judges. You feel what I'm saying? So they're like, okay, kick, 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 jab, one, two. They saw the one, two land. Okay, I'm scored there. I threw body kicks. Even though they blocked them, I threw enough. So I worked them because, you know, like, think about, think about, think about this before. Back, back in the day, if you just came forward throwing punches, the judges gave you, gave you the fight. If you're just aggressive and threw punches, the judges give you a fight. Now they're like, it's changed a little bit. You can be aggressive, but now if you throw punches and a lot of kicks, you might have a chance to win the fight, even if they're blocked. So in, in terms of like looking ahead at where things are headed, what, are you, what, what will MMA look like in five years? If I, if I as a viewer am watching a cage at elite level, what will MMA look like, generally speaking, that's different from today? I don't think it looks too much different. I think that you'll see guys like more experienced, maybe younger. But in order for it to change, some of the rules have to change, and the judging, because 
if if the judges if the judges can see more, if the judges have better eyes and understand what's going on, because now, for instance, imagine if I throw through, through I hit you with eight, eighteen leg kicks, but they're all with my foot slapping. Is that effective? No. no. But say I hit you, say I hit you with eighteen leg kicks to my shin. Who scored? Which one? Which one would you rather be? The guy hit the foot or hit the shin? Foot, of course. Okay, so but the thing is, like a lot of judges aren't seeing that. They're not seeing like for instance, say I rocket like rocket like a triangle choke, but my head's out. My head, my head's not really in the triangle. Well, they're scoring that where it's not really you can give them position, but at the same time, like something else to take precedence over that attempt. You feel what I'm saying? So you'll see guys go for it. you'll see guys go for it more because they know they're getting school they're getting credit for what they're doing. Whereas but now you're seeing guys just do shit because they're like, okay, well, I just threw thirty punches and he threw and he I threw thirty punches, landed two, and he threw fifteen and landed landed ten, but I might have won because I was aggressive. I came forward throwing punches. Um, in terms of the age, what do you think like the average age of fighters are gonna be going forward? I mean that's a hard question to answer, but you said they'd be younger. Like how much younger? I think you'll see more guys start in the 20s, early 20s. As opposed to like, you know, because we go, why? I mean, how many guys at ATT are like teenagers training? Not many. You will only have, only have a few, but you will only have a few, but you'll see guys in the teenagers training. But what I'm worried about that is that, you know, like, you won't see anybody stand out. Like, you won't see nothing. No one, if you're, okay, think about this. If I train MMA, I'd be average in everything. I might be a little bit above average in my boxing and a little bit of what I was in my jiu-jitsu, but wrestling and everything else, like, in order to become a superstar, like, you had to go, like, look at George Sapien, he went and trained with Sasori. He went and trained with Cleo, um, Cleo Incombe. You know what I'm saying? He trained with those guys in Igali. He went and trained with those guys, David Zilberman. He went to those areas and trained with the Canadian wrestling team. You feel what I'm saying? In order to get that, in order to become world-class or come close to having world-class skills and techniques, you might be world-class as far as, like, competition-wise, but you might understand the world-class skills and techniques and tactics. So in order to gain that, you have to go train with someone that's proficient in that area. Uh, so to wrap this conversation, in terms of like what MMA will be like in five years, you believe that there is more technical progress that can be made, but it will be what? Incremental or modest? How would you characterize it? It'll be, it'll be, it'll be incremental. You know what I'm saying? Only thing, only thing I'll You'll see better athletes because you see kids train to be more athletic at young age. But I think you'll see careers ended shorter. Careers will last nearly as long. Um, I think that uh, you know, I think that uh, you'll see better athletes. You see guys doing some techniques, but at the same time, like those guys that do techniques, the new the specialized techniques will be guys that are you know training with a wrestling coach that's world class or or doing judo with a, a judo team or doing going to Holland or Thailand do kickboxing or Australia do kickboxing or going to Vegas or South Florida or New York, you know what I'm saying, or Michigan, Detroit to to box, you know what I'm saying. So you'll you'll see you'll see guys like you'll see guys like you know, you'll see a guy that's a good fighter, have great hands because he's training with a great squad of boxers. You see what I'm saying? Mm. 